Hello, everyone, and welcome to Igniting the Spark, Talk Film Society Star Wars podcast. I am your host and Star Wars fan, Callie Smith. I am also a contributing writer and podcaster at TFS, and today I am discussing the first of the Star Wars sequel trilogy, The Force Awakens, with my special guest, Chad Oliver. Chad is a co-host of the Best Pictures podcast. How is it going today, Chad? Hello there. Uh, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I, I always start my podcast with a quote from the movie, and that isn't from uh, The Force Awakens, but, you know, it's a yeah. greeting in the Star Wars universe. It is. It is good. Um, it's one of my favorite moments in the prequels. So I'm Truly, <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi is the shining light of the prequels. I kind of like everything he does in episode two and three. Yeah, and that's like we talked about a lot in our in our prequel episodes is how like mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor is the only guy who seems 100% on in those movies. Truly. He he knows that he's in a Star Wars movie and I feel like half the people think they're in like a Shakespeare adaptation. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're talking no. about the one of the good trilogies. Yes. Uh well, well, one of the good films within a trilogy. <laughs> 2 out of 3 good trilogies. 2 out trilogy. of 3 ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and that's the thing. Literally, my first note is that it's going to be so difficult uh, to talk about this movie without focusing on I <laughs> Rise know. of Skywalker like, there's, a little bit. The J.J. Abrams of it all makes mm-hmm. it hard to separate the two. Um, and really, I feel like it's going to be hard to talk about uh, The Last Jedi without talking about the the immediate follow-up, too. It's, oh, I feel yeah. like all <laughs> these are just going to be... <laughs> pretty heavily rise of skywalker (laughs) yeah uh and i mean to be fair this series is you know it it was revolved its release around when rise of skywalker came out (laughs) right but which you know now is just kind of like well uh but it's just like this movie i remember watching this and like getting to the last scene you know which has such a good good Mm -hmm. shot oh yeah and it went directed by jj abrams and i was like oh yeah i just knew the years ahead were gonna be so so good uh and then they were they weren't exactly the years i expected them to be they were interesting (laughs) and they were full of uh intense debates and discussions which is like part of being a star wars fan is debating your uh your foe yeah and which is upsetting it, re- like, it really is it shouldn't be like it really shouldn't be this should be relatively easy to you know yeah understand and love you would think but yeah it's but- it's weird i feel like we were all all star wars fans were on the same page for so long mm-hmm. um of like three really great movies three rough ones that we all have like a special place in our hearts for but we can admit they're not the best yeah yeah uh and pretty much everyone agreed on that and then we were all pretty excited about Seven, and Seven was pretty universally liked, at least. Yeah. And then Eight happened, and that was the... <laughs> and the schism, like, grew from there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I truly don't either. This is a this is a pro-Last Jedi uh, podcast, which I oh, think yeah. li- lines up with your views. <laughs> it, it does. It, it's my favorite Star Wars movie, is, is yes. The Last Jedi. Yes, um, um it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it is something that I am of the camp of kind of baffled by the other side of it where you're going. No, I am too. Great. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm one, I've been criticized in my, my harsh criticisms, criticizing my criticisms of, uh, the rise of Skywalker 
and that like the things I hate about that movie, similar complaints have been made about um, The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. It, but at the same time, it's just different. I don't know. I. <laughs> It is. Like, it I can really see. Is. I can see what people like in the Rise of Skywalker. I think, and for yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to get into this whole <laughs> whole. Thing. That is. It is for another episode. But yeah, Truly. no, I get it. I get it. Because I we're talking about the Force Awakens today, and I adore this movie. It's yeah. It, it's also a top three Star Wars for me. Like it just what? being a celebration of Star Wars. It was yeah. so so powerful. It's so good, and, like, there are so many... The thing I really, really liked whenever I first saw this movie was, I mean, how it truly felt like Star Wars and, like, it was supposed to be Star Wars. And it's, like, the little details. Like, yeah, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of nostalgia stuff that, you know... Like, like this time, whenever Finn was wrestling through some stuff on the Falcon, he picked up the little ball that, Mm -hmm. like, Luke used to train. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. Yeah, but, but those little things are still fun, and it's like, yeah, sure, that thing's still in the Millennium Falcon. Why not? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fun. But uh-huh. I, like the thing that I noticed this time that I went, oh my god, that's such an incredibly good little detail is during the Wrath Tar sequence, whenever Han is like about to mm-hmm. get back to the room where the Falcon is, he shoots the um, like control panel with Chewie's thing, and they intentionally make a like kind of shitty jump cut there like they did in the old ones whenever he would shoot it and the pyrotechnics would go off <laughs> and they would need to cut yeah. between it and i just went you see that's that's the kind of detail yeah, that sets this movie apart like it's so cool the thing i've always liked about this movie and really the sequel trilogy as a whole um rise of skywalker included is how it's able to capture the like the feeling and the essence of those original star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. But with modern film technology, they're able to just like do things they weren't able to do then. Like the millennium Falcon can just fly in really, really cool ways now. Uh, cause we have the technology to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, while also embracing the older technology that like made those movies so awesome, right? Like you get so many cool practical effects and puppetry stuff Mm -hmm. in like Maz Kanata's cantina thing. Totally, yeah. All those creature designs are awesome. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. So good. Like it's just, it's just so much fun. Like this movie is just fun. Like the whole time, while also introducing these characters that like, also these characters kind of feel like in the same way that you use more modern technology, they kind of feel like more modern characters, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. Finn and Finn and uh, Ray feel very millennial. (laughs) They really do in a very cool way. They're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Like I feel like our generation Uh feels like they are every day. <laughs> no, totally. Um, and gosh, and just the way the movie. So when, when it was like promoted and we we saw like Han Solo in the trailer and everything, mm-hmm. um, I remember thinking like, I, just being a little worried that it was just going to be like their story again in a way. But then we don't see a single person from the original Star Wars until like, what is it? 20, 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And the whole first act is just like introducing you to these new characters that you just love. And like, I was so immediately like, yes, I love Finn. Yes. I love Poe. Yes. I love Ray. Uh, just back to back to back introducing them in like really cool ways. Um, 
and yeah, getting to know what they're like too. Yeah. Like Ray no, wanting to find a place to belong, wanting like a family and, yeah. and Finn wanting to turn away from, you know, the first order. Yeah. And Poe just being cool as shit. (laughs) Poe just being the best. (laughs) Just being Um, the cocky uh, fighter pilot. He's great, and I love him. But it's just, like, these characters, like, this one establishes them so well in a way that I just... Because I remember, like, I just left this movie going, oh, man, new trio. I'm all about the new trio. This Mm -hmm. is the best. I love them. Um Later on, you know, whenever the trio was reunited in <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, I was like, this feels weird now yeah, for some reason. It it did. But, like, at the end of the se- the chemistry was still there. I remember mm-hmm. watching yeah. Rise of Skywalker. I think it was when they were all, like, in the cave uh, underneath, like, the desert uh, music festival planet, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Coachella and Space. Co- yeah, Co- Space Coachella. Um I remember thinking, like, any one of these two, any two of these three characters could just kiss each other right now, and I would buy it, I think. Because, like, <laughs> their chemistry was just so on point. Yeah. Um, I think they all wanted uh, to kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, true. And, I mean, like, it's so immediate with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the trio of characters, because, yeah. like... I mean, see each other and you're totally. Just like, yep. <laughs> yeah. In this movie from like the first scene they're in, they, they, they hit it off in the, when they fly away together. And then later when they're reunited and, uh, when, when Poe is telling Finn, like, no, no, keep the jacket. It suits you. And he like gives him this like biting his lip look. It's yeah. just like, no, he's into Finn. <laughs> like, yeah. This yeah, isn't some I mean, fanfic thing. This is real. This is. <laughs> And that's something like, it's so, that was always reassuring to me. I used to be kind of a like <laughs> Tumblr person mm-hmm. and was, you know, always thinking about ships and crap like that, which like, I'm not about sure. anymore. I'm reformed. Uh, <laughs> but it was refreshing to have like a moment like that. I, I looked at and went, that looked gay. <laughs> and then and to later was. have a thought, Yeah. And Oscar Isaac was like, yeah, no, I was making that gay. Yeah. He <laughs> was. <laughs> He was making choices uh, yeah. on purpose because, yeah, even in like the Phantom Menace era, there's like fanfic of Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and they couldn't have had less like emotion, less of like an emotional performance, much less like any kind of like romance for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people were stretching for that, but um, <laughs> but now it's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean. In the prequels, you know, the chemistry does get better, I guess, with Anakin. Because even as rough as Anakin is, like, him and Obi-Wan do have this kind of, like... They have a, brom- they have a bit of a bromance, yeah. It's it's <laughs> but, interesting. Uh, you know who love- doesn't have chemistry in those movies is Anakin and Padme. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's, its own, that's yeah. its own George Lucas problem. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I want yeah. to believe that George Lucas knows what love is. And he's been <laughs> married for a long time. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that he does. I think he's a little cynical about it, so, and I uh, can't blame him. But yeah. anyway, uh, just uh, this movie, there's just like so much to even truly like, going. I was really struck in this this watch through how long it takes for you to actually see Adam Driver's face. Because yeah. you think that, like, surely that came a lot quicker. It takes an hour and a half of this movie. And it's. 
it's awesome because like they're building up this like uh darth vader like figure or like he wants to be right kylo yeah. ren is my favorite character in this trilogy by the way Absolutely. Uh, possibly in all of star wars yeah um love him to death um and, and the reason i love him is because he sort of embodies this like toxic fan in a way yes because yes. <laughs> he he wants so badly to be Darth Vader, who in his head is like this icon, this legend, this like untouchable, perfect like role model, essentially for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way that like the, the toxic fan wants these movies to be what their idea of the original movies are. Because in our heads, these Star Wars movies are untouchable and perfect, and. But like, they have none of them are without their flaws, and I love Star Wars. Um, so like, it, what's interesting with Kylo is that like it's, it's dealing with like the the tension of like wanting to be something that's like an impossible standard. The thing you're trying to be never actually existed in a way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Darth Vader wasn't he he ended up switching to the good. He was the the role model that like eventually wasn't what Kylo Ren sees him as. Yeah. And that's so interesting and such an interesting analysis with the whole fan thing, which is always how I've looked at Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. Like pitching a fit always. He's got the perfect amount of like the selective narrative. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the ignoring what they don't want to be a part of the star Wars universe. Totally. You know, he, you know, he's completely ignoring what actually happened to Vader at the end of his life. Right. Um, and I just, I just, uh, obviously, I, I love this this character <laughs> mm-hmm. so much. Uh, one of the things that's been discussed throughout is the fact that I am like in the Five uh, First Legion, which is a costuming group, and I have a Kylo Ren costume. That is, um, yeah, that's one of the few things I, I I knew about <laughs> you, know you about is me. that you. Uh, <laughs> I know I you. Have that. I know you dress like Kylo Ren and post it online. Yes, I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> and but I mean, like the thing is, the thing that's really funny, I guess, about my relationship with this character is that, like, I didn't. I don't know how it is for you, but I didn't love this character after watching like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, you know, he's fine. He's a fanboy. It's fine. Like yeah. whatever. And then, like, Last Jedi is where I like went. Oh. This character rules. And yeah. I guess it has to do with not seeing his face as much. Because, like, I mean, it's all driver is the thing about right. this character. And, yeah, I, I definitely was intrigued by him in this movie. But, yeah, I agree. It wasn't until The Last Jedi that he, like, fully became, like, oh, no, he's the best Star Wars villain ever. He's Yeah. Yeah. And, like you said, maybe the best character in Star Wars. Mm. Which is wild. Because, honestly, like, ah. <sighs> Now that you sit down and look at, like, the trilogies, right? Um, you're going, man, this one might actually, it's not the worst, but in terms of the framework, right, of the mm-hmm. story, it's the worst. Because um, the right. other two are so carefully planned, and this one is a game of yeah. exquisite corpse. <laughs> the through line in this is nuts. Like, yeah. Yeah, to set up, nothing. like, Snoke in this movie as, like, this mysterious man who, like, sort of rose to power in the First Order in some way. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, no, nah, he was just made in a tube. <laughs> 
And it's also, that is so buck wild. Cause one of the things that I remember like watching this realized was like, oh yeah, Kylo Ren is not a Sith. And that is a very important detail about yeah. him is that he doesn't have a Darth name, but then by making Snoke a puppet of Palpatine, right? It's like, why wasn't that. he a Sith? Like why, why wasn't, yeah. yeah. Why did he, why did he tell him to go join the Knights of Ren or whatever, whenever he could have just take, take done the usual, you know, <laughs> right, the, song and dance? Like why? Yeah. <sighs> it's, but it's interesting. It's, it's weird. Like this trilogy, a lot of people would attribute the inconsistencies in the, of the trilogy to the last Jedi. Um, I don't, I think that's the official stance of this podcast is that (laughs) that was not, (laughs) that it was not a misstep. Um, I can see kind of where people would say that. Um, just because like, I mean, if we, if we look at this movie, uh, the force awakens and like what it's kind of setting up. The last Jedi is shocking. Uh, I, I see it as an interesting continuation of things set up here. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does like, I mean, it does. One of the first things it does is it takes that moment of like passing off the lightsaber that like to JJ Abrams meant one thing. And then Ryan Johnson was like, no, but actually he's the hermit that you set up in this movie. So he's not really interested in joining the fight. So he's going to throw it over his shoulder. Um, but yeah, there's this, I don't know. I don't know where this this trilogy went wrong. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, right, it really is, I think it's the whole not having a solid framework. Because the thing is, you know, George Lucas, one of the themes in the, in the prequels uh, episodes has been the fact that George Lucas can't write the dialogue. He can't write the certain, Mm -hmm. you know, the emotional parts very well. But his story framework is always perfect and on point. Yeah. I mean, and this is not that. <laughs> this no, is very much the almost opposite of that. Yeah, because the original like sort of idea for it, I guess, was you give one filmmaker a chance to make a Star Wars movie with pretty minimal um, direction to go on. Like they wrote it on their own. They had to get the approvals, of course. Um, and Trevorrow tried some things and did not get approved and got fired. Uh, but yeah, and then it turned into like. J.J. Abrams starts, Ryan Johnson does his thing, and then J.J. Abrams come back, comes back to clean up things and, like, end things on his terms. Yeah. So, like... And, like, I, yeah. I either want J.J. to just be over the whole trilogy or not. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't or know. the... I believe what I had heard once is that the original intent... And, I mean, this is all hearsay, so whatever. Right. Because you know how Star Wars rumors are these days. Whew. Totally. Um... But I think I heard the original intent was, like, Abrams does the first thing, he sets it up. Because, like, Abrams also said in interviews, like, I don't really think of myself as a guy who's good at ending things. Like, no, I'm good at and, setting things up. And no one else thinks he is either. No. And, uh, and that is what he did really well, is he set up this oh, yeah. trilogy. He set up these characters and, like, this mystery of, like, you know, where Ray came from and, like... Mm-hmm. Um, what's the deal with the first order? What's going on with like the resistance or that not the resistance, but the Republic is destroyed and that kind of leaves the galaxy in shambles. It's a, yeah. uh, it's an interesting launching off point for this trilogy. Yeah. No. And it's wonderful. And like, I think the intention from what I had heard, what they pitched to Ryan was, 
write and direct eight and write, but give to somebody else nine. I think I do remember hearing that. And he was like, nothing. No, thank you. He said, no, I'm just going to do the one. And I get Um, it. I get it. But at the same time, like, ah, thinking about the world that could have been, you know, with like Johnson's script uh, being maybe directed by Abrams, like that could have been fine. You know, like there's a lot of what ifs about this poor sequel trilogy. I know. And then all these rumors about the Trevorrow script too, that have come out about how (laughs) apparently Colin Trevorrow wrote a great Star Wars movie. I mean, he wrote an interesting Star Wars movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's all we know. Different ways. I mean, as soon as I got to the part reading the synopsis where they were like, and Kylo dies unredeemed, I was like, I am uninterested. (laughs) Goodbye. Like, I was like, no. Yeah. Um, But, you know. But then, yeah, I don't want to talk about Rise of Skywalker the whole time, but, but yeah, the, the, when I watched this movie, The Force Awakens, and like, I see who Kylo Ren is and I see how it hurt him to choose to like kill his dad, Han Solo. Um, I wanted redemption for him from that point forward. I thought that that would be the correct thing out of it. The the kind of thing you'd expect out of a star Wars trilogy Mm -hmm. is to take this character and like change him toward the end. Um, and then when it happened, I just felt nothing. Like when I yeah. got what I wanted, I didn't feel it's anything. Too, it's too quick. It's a uh, yeah. It is something that needed to be handled with more uh, mm-hmm. nuance. Because and part of that's the, the Carrie Fisher about, of it all, where like exactly yeah. yeah. Obviously, the arc here is that like all of the men in Kylo's life fail him over and over again, and mm-hmm. then the women in his life are the only people who can pull him back. Yeah, and we would would have had like the scene that he has with Han with Leia, and that would have been. Amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I said this to somebody the other day, felt a little bad about it. But honestly, if it had meant we got resolution that actually worked, I, now that I have seen the alternate idea of just using what we had of Carrie Fisher, Mm -hmm. I honestly would have rathered we had recast or even attempted the CGI thing yeah. with somebody else just and it's, to give a satisfying arc to what's it's, been set up. It's a tricky know? thing too, because hindsight is twenty twenty, and like we yeah, we yeah. now know the movie that we got and like what could have been, but like if they had just released it with like a a CGI Carrie Fisher, people probably would have been upset about oh, that. Oh yeah, too, oh yeah, about people it being be mad too, distasteful, but. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's it's tricky. I don't I don't know what the it was an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it is. I and, don't yeah. know. I don't know that they made the right choice or not. Which is you know upsetting, and to like bring it bring it on back to Force Awakens and right. Ky- Kylo, where we started. It's so upsetting because honestly, literally the second his helmet came off, I was just like, right. This is the best, most nuanced character that's ever been in the, in these movies. Because uh-huh. you, you just, like... And you see it on, like, how Ray reacts to him, too. Yeah. Because she sees him, and she's just... It's not what she expected. Mm-hmm. And you just see this look on her face, like, I'm just looking at... This is a kid. Yeah. <laughs> this is a child. Yeah. <laughs> in a big, scary suit. Um, And it's... Oh, God. I, I love I love my boy. I love my boy. I love my boy. <laughs> Moral of the story: I love my boy. I, he's, he's just—it's just such an incredible 
mm-hmm. performance. It feels very overdramatic to say something like Adam Driver could have been Oscar nominated for any of the Star Wars movies, but Adam Driver could have been Oscar nominated Truly. for any of these Star Wars movies. I think if I were to pick one, it would be The Last Jedi. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. he's doing great work. I hope he but even, I hope he wins it for Marriage Story. I don't think he will, but I uh, I hope he does. I th- unfortunately, I think he's going to lose to a clown, but it's fine. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Probably so. But then society will be the real clowns for letting that happen. <laughs> oh gosh. Blah. But even when he has a helmet on, right? It's still a really good like physical performance. Like he gets totally. introduced so effectively in the like opening yeah all of his oh talk about the opening like when Mm -hmm. he gets off that ship and poe shoots at him and he just turns and stops that laser blast uh midair i remember just jaw on the floor in the theater (laughs) um because like going into this movie you know the last three star wars movies were the prequels and Everyone was kind of nervous that they were just going to mess it up again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I was. Um, but w- when I saw that and I was like, I've never seen that in a Star War, but like, of course, uh, this <laughs> yeah. rules. Um, yeah. The movie had already won me over like 20 seconds in. Yeah. Um, and that that just one simple gesture also like sets up the stakes of this character so well because you're just immediately mm-hmm. going, oh, shit. Yeah. This guy is the most powerful like yeah. Jedi we've probably ever seen. Not Jedi, but you know, yeah, we've never seen Darth Vader do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, stop a laser with his hand or at least like not midair. I, I guess he did stop some lasers on contact with his hand uh, yes but yes. but never this it's so cool well and he's like it, it's it's wild because he like grabs that out of midair while he's also literally stopping poe's body which is not something we've ever seen right oh gosh and when he stopped when he does the same thing to ray in the forest later and like causes her to freeze up i remember that being the most helpless and scary thing um <laughs> yeah just like oh shit uh, nothing you can do sorry ray um, it's just his like you his unique force powers that they introduce are all about like invading other people's like autonomy. Totally. <laughs> you know, like, whether either, he's like, like putting his hand against your forehead and like trying to torture you slash read your mind, whatever's yeah. going on in that Poe and later the Ray scene. Um, yeah, it is I very invasive. I wish that was a little bit more clear because there are a lot of people who hate, 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 hate Kylo Ren's guts and like cite the whole like he tortured her. And I'm like, well, like she doesn't look like she's in pain the way Poe did. You know, like right. I don't know if I don't know what's going on in there. That yeah, feels like she's able to combat it in some way that like surprises him. Exactly. Um, yeah. She pushes back. And also he like says there's that line. And I mean, we don't know exactly what he's referencing, but he's saying, don't be afraid. I feel it too. And like, I'm going, yeah. Does that mean this is painful for him too. Like what is going on? This character. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. He's an so interesting good. one. But I mean, all these characters are good, right? Like mm-hmm. you get, I remember just falling in love with Poe, you know, within like two seconds of the, him being on screen. Yeah, I mean, the and first just, thing he says to Kylo is that whole, uh, like, you did the talking first, so I did the talking. Like, <laughs> yeah. how are we doing this? Just, it's just so, he's such a good, fun, like, the exact opposite of Kylo, kind of, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, Kylo is so, so serious and so scary right off the bat. And then Poe is just like. Yeah, he's messing with know. him. He's teasing him. He's, 
Yeah, he's the cocky, like, flyboy, which is funny yeah. to me, because, like, I feel like they kind of tried in this movie to set up, like, eh, Poe, he's kind of like the Han Solo of this new trilogy, like, tr- trio, I mean. Right. Um, yeah, a, a bit, but different because he's, like, time, eh. he's more invested in the cause from the get-go. Yeah. He's, like... He's a uh, a little more by the book in that way, where Han is just like, <laughs> Han, I, I really wish that Solo, a Star Wars story, felt more like Uncut Gems in a way, <laughs> where like he owes like bounty hunters and you know gang leaders all over the galaxy lots of money. He's trying to make it all work because that's kind of who he is. It's just like this scumbag who just is in in it for himself and to make some money, yada yada, and then he changes. Oh my gosh. But, uh, You're so right. Like uncut uncut coaxium was the route we needed to go with that movie. Like, uh, that is such a good angle on that movie and that I think that's what that movie's kind of trying to do, right? But like failing. Trying and in some ways it's it's succeeding. Like there's the, there's that moment in Solo where um I don't know, are you planning on going through these spin-offs in this series uh, or We don't know yet. Okay. We'll see. Uh, but there's this moment in Solo where he makes that threat to like the the people who end up being like the rebellion toward the end of the movie. He's like, I've got like however many snipers back on that ship, and they're just waiting for the signal, and then you guys are toast. And then Lando flies the ship away, and like he was just <laughs> totally full of it. Um, yeah, moments like that shine through in that movie where it's like. That's an interesting idea of just, like, him trying to lie his way out of situations. Uh, But, yeah, yeah. I do want more of that that energy. Yeah. And Poe, you're right, doesn't have that. But he's, like, I don't know, he's the cocky flyboy, right? That's kind of, like, the angle that they're going with him. Yeah, and The Last Uh, Jedi does a good job at, like, expanding on that and criticizing him for that. Yes, in In this movie, we're to be, like... Uh, enthralled by him and to think like, man, what a cool dude. And then on the next movie, it's like, okay, but at the same time, yeah, he needs to learn his, uh, what if, what if we step back and look at what like implications that actually has in right. a real war? What like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like what that could do to, yeah. I mean, people, people die because of him. It's, it, it doesn't, the movie doesn't take that lightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm, Star Wars. Star uh, Wars. It's just good. I adore I really, Star Wars. <laughs> I also, and like Finn is another character that gets really well like introduced mm-hmm. to us here in this um in this movie. I love like marking him with a bloody hand. So that yeah, that was a really awesome like narrative choice. So we can just yeah track him like. <laughs> Through the horrors of, because that first like opening scene too, it already felt like more of a war than really anything in Star Wars had ever felt like. Like it felt mm. messy and it felt scary for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that bloody handprint, and then you just follow him and his shock. Ah, yeah. Star Wars, his, like immediate like PTSD with mm-hmm. the whole situation. Mm-hmm. It also like, and I man, I'm just not to keep cycling around to my my main man Kylo. But I mean, please, like, <laughs> please, please it, talk more about Kylo Ren. I remember immediately kind of going, oh, man, this character is going to be very difficult to redeem because like literally his like, I don't know, you know, first thing he does is kill Max von Sydow. And then uh-huh. he immediately orders that everybody in the village is killed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just immediately like, oh, shit, this character is 
this character is a lot, <laughs> a lot right off the bat. Truly. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then he kills Han Solo, everyone's favorite <laughs> character. By the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah. It's just. But like, you know, that's the thing about the helmet on versus the helmet off thing, right? Is when it, the helmet's on when he gives that order, you have no idea how mm-hmm. Ben, if you will, inside the helmet is reacting to that situation and what's coming out of his mouth in that moment. Right. Like whenever it, you have the Han confrontation. And you see the conflict and you see, oh, yeah. Uh, and the lighting in that scene, it's got the blue and the red going uh-huh. on. Like, when that little saber goes off and it's just all red. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. And it's just like, uh, it was, did you, I, now I'm curious, did you see this movie with that unspoiled for you? Yes, I did. I saw it opening night, um, Thursday, earliest showing I could see it. Cause it was like yeah. a, a Christmas break. I was, let's see, this was 2014, right? 2015. 2015. Okay. So yeah, I was in college. I, um, was home from college and this was my, uh, wife now girlfriend at the time. Um, this was her first Star Wars to ever see in a theater. Um, I early on in our relationship made her watch all of them. Cause that's what you do when you're a Star Wars fan is you force it <laughs> upon your loved ones. Um, yeah. and she liked him a lot. Uh, but then this movie for her, what it, like she saw like the magic of it for the first time. Cause she just saw like what seeing like the title crawl meant to like everybody in attendance. And like, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a really, really cool experience, but, but yeah, neither of us knew anything about the movie i hadn't even watched a trailer for the movie because i wanted to go in completely unspoiled i was like the annoying friend who was like dodging people trying to talk about speculation because i just wanted to know nothing and so i knew nothing going into this movie uh, which i think made me more nervous about like (laughs) everything everything yeah so you didn't even know like that kylo was like han and leia's like kid oh definitely not i knew like i knew i knew kylo ren was the villain um and i think i had like heard some people speculating like who he might be or whatever but definitely i did not know that he was han solo's son so when snoke is like talking about it i like (gasps) you know i gasped i was like han solo's his father what yeah no (laughs) i I can only imagine because like i didn't (laughs) the thing about where i was at was we went to the same college, actually, uh, right around the same time frame. I was taking huh. a break from college. I was at home, uh, and I was working in a movie theater for a few months. And uh, oh. what a fun not, time. not not in Auburn. You were working somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I oh, okay, was at, I was. I worked at an Auburn movie theater for a little bit. Uh, uh, only only a few weeks. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. But yeah, and it was when this came out, and uh, it the fun thing about Disney is that they have a rule with their really big releases that if you work in a movie theater, you normally get passes. You aren't allowed to get free passes to Star Wars mm-hmm. whenever it opens, mm-hmm. um, which is annoying, and it also means you're working a lot, you don't have any time to see the movie, you, you know. Yeah. So I had a lot of things spoiled for me before That's I had a chance. so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew about Kylo Ren just from like the point of like, I think the Vanity Fair cover shoot gave you the detail of like, oh. who Kylo Ren was. Yeah. I, um, I didn't read any of that stuff. I was, yeah. I was avoiding it. 
but then I, of course, was just on Facebook or something, you know, and somebody spoiled that the Han Solo thing was coming. <laughs> and oh I just gosh. remember going, oh, my God, like, this is is too much. <laughs> I, I, I would have been so pissed. Like, I was... Ugh. With Star Wars and with Marvel, I feel like you shouldn't be able to post about it until at <laughs> least a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, literally apps should block tweets that are about <laughs> star wars and marvel <laughs> like they should identify um contain spoilers get a, little, get a little warning that pops up are you really sure you want to tweet about star right. <laughs> or even like like i know facebook has like a this post contains sensitive things uh, yeah, that you might not yeah. want to see like if it's like violence or something um so like a little toggle like to turn off and on spoilers so they don't just like show up like come yeah. on twitter come on <laughs> facebook <would> nice. <laughs> come on <laughs> zuckerberg real nice but you know yeah so yeah it's just so i mean totally different experience though because like mm. <laughs> i was watching it with kind of this like feeling of dread <laughs> there's yeah. also like in interviews, Adam Driver himself will talk about, like, the feeling that he had watching that movie. Because it's one of the only movies that he's in that he watched. Yeah, he does not uh, like watching himself. <laughs> and I can't blame him. Um, I really can't. Um, but he <laughs> he was talking about watching it premiere night. And he stayed in the premiere and watched it for the first time, like, in the premiere. And mm-hmm. knew the whole time, I'm about to kill Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting thing I've never really thought about is, like... <laughs> The actor having to deal with, like, are fans going to hate me? Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, everyone in this room might turn on me in two hours and 15 minutes as soon as I stand up. (laughs) It's interesting that, like, really they didn't because... I remember when Avengers Infinity War came out and like, Mm. you know, Spider-Man dusted away and it was really sad for everybody. People, like sent chris pratt so much hate stuff on twitter and instagram (laughs) like you killed spider-man because you couldn't like keep it together like screw you chris pratt uh yeah i'm kind of surprised adam driver didn't get any of that i mean i guess that partially has to do with him just like avoiding social media and stuff like that which is really smart whenever you're about to become like uh the star wars villain yeah truly I would make sure I'm not online too. Yeah. Cause but, I mean, so many people are so nasty to people in star Wars. Like oh my gosh, Jake Lloyd got bullied into being like a criminal. Yeah. Um, you know, John Boyega got so much racist BS. Oh yeah. Daisy I mean, Ridley too. Around. And Kelly Marie Tran. She yeah, had to Kelly get actually, yeah, rid of her off. stuff. Yeah. She left. Um, which is, <laughs> a, it's such a bummer. Um, and like, it's part of the whole discourse that's going on right now is like the way that John is behaving now that he doesn't have to worry about, like, <laughs> right? Like he, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job or like Disney yeah. getting mad at him. It's just like, oh, whatever. I made all the money I need from three movies. And, and like, I get it. I get it. But yeah. At the same time, there are things going on. I'm like, John, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's so, it's so hard to like talk about these sequel movies without getting lost in the weeds of just how rough everything yeah, is right cause, now cause in Star Wars. Th- this is like the, f- the obviously the freshest trilogy of movies, um, and we just are immediately seeing like all these movies had like certain effects on like culture and like were in- influenced by culture at the time and like also influenced culture at the time, um, and we're just in the middle of like seeing. <laughs> 
that actively happen. So it is hard to like disassociate them and, and look at like just this movie as a movie. Whereas like the prequels and the originals were able to like look upon it with nostalgia and like, I don't know, but, but we're, we're in the age of the sequel trilogy. So it is hard to yeah. <laughs> disassociate. And it is interesting. Cause honest, it, it's so frustrating to have that, like the other movies hanging over you with this movie. Cause this is definitely the most like optimistic and cheerful of these sequel movies. You definitely. Know? Like, yeah. Like, there's like this, uh, it's, it's largely, I, I kind of see these first two movies as like, they're kind of about, um, the filmmakers like journey to making a star Wars movie. Like, um, you know, a lot of it is about like, they're both largely about, I'll I'll focus more on the force awakens for sake of the force awakens episode. But, um, (laughs) but like, I feel like JJ is probably relating to Kylo a bit and like, and, and to, to, to Ray. Um, cause they both think of like the heroes of the past or the villains of the past as like these icons, these legends, like Ray even mm-hmm. says like Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth and like, uh, or she thinks so highly of Han Solo later. And, um, just like the untouchableness of this like trilogy is like kind of what these first two movies are about. Um, yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's, yeah, that meta meta narrative layer to like this one and Last Jedi are part of what makes them so interesting. Um, yeah. And makes, and makes Rise of Skywalker at its most generous interpretation not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, right. like not right. as intriguing as these first two are. Um, not to yeah. be too mean to Rise of Skywalker. I, I think there are good things in that movie too. But, yeah. I like Dio. I like Babu Frick. <laughs> Babu. These are the you good stand things. Stand a legend. <laughs> I like when he goes. What, what does he say? Just oh, hey, hey. hey hey yeah that's that, that's it. That's uh, the thing gosh. he says. That's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. You know, I, and I mean that is a detail that these new ones and the Force Awakens especially get really right is the little background characters mm-hmm. that get sprinkled in for flavor um i i love the you know creature designs and stuff in this movie completely i mean this movie we haven't even talked about bb8 like everyone's <gasps> favorite new <gasps> droid BB-8. such a fun design so authentically so i i didn't watch a trailer for this movie i did watch the first teaser where you just saw like image 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 and then you saw the like millennium falcon and then i was like okay mm. I'm going to watch the movie. No more. Um, and I remember that first time I saw BB eight, it was just like an image of him riding through the sand and that teaser. I thought like, Holy hell, (laughs) that is such (laughs) a cool looking droid. (laughs) And it's, it's truly just the aesthetic of him is so cool. Like just being like a ball with like a magnet head that like stays in place. And yeah, he also feels like something that like, like I have, because of my, you know, um, costuming with the 501st legion and stuff mm-hmm. i am often in the presence of uh bb8 like mm-hmm. literally a bb8 and it is the wildest thing every single time because that character looks like something that shouldn't exist in the real world right you but know yeah, like, at uh at like the disney parks now you can make your own bb8 unit like mm-hmm. that you know functions well enough and like rolls around 
in the similar way. Yeah, and it's just crazy. He's just such a fun. Oh, mm-hmm. we love him. Every we little, him. every little head tilt and like the way he looks. I like how he uses his uh, lighter as a thumbs yeah. up for Finn. <laughs> Yeah, and I I love and I think that like part of the reason this like character because like he is uh, works yeah. so well. One of my favorite things I remember learning about this movie is that like I think it was Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz were brought in. To yeah, do, I like, remember character reference. Work. I remember Ben Schwartz was. Yeah, I didn't hear about ben, like, Bill Hader too. That's a, that's a fun. <laughs> it's it's fun, and that's yeah. what makes the character I think kind of pop a little bit more totally is that you have these comedic voices that are that are contributing mm-hmm. to like well he should react this way he should do this yeah i um, love like when he has like a sad beep that sounds like a groan <laughs> like when <laughs> ray is telling him to get lost like i don't want you and then he's just like oh <laughs> and they like sag his head down uh-huh. a little bit and he looks pitiful so it almost looks good. like he's giving her the like puppy dog eye look like please totally great it's so good the the character work in this i mean all the design is just perfect if you really like take a step back and look at what star wars has managed to do in expressing emotion via r2d2 and bb8 that is a feat of itself like for them to be characters and for you to like track what they're like feeling and like like R2 couldn't be more stiff, but like when he's being brave, you, you feel it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a cool thing that they were able to accomplish in all these movies. Yeah. And that is especially true with R2. Cause yeah, he really, cause of the like tripod right. <laughs> nature of him, he can't articulate that much, but no. just with like a little scooch back or a little head wiggle, you know, like, yeah, it's just mm, the droid characters are, are so much fun. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever watched uh, the holiday special? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of these days, I'll make myself suffer through Ooh. it. But it's uh, Just watch it with friends uh, who are ready to have a laugh and do not try to watch it on your own. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the droids in that, like R2 and C-3PO, there's an animated sequence in the middle of it. Oh. And like... Our tomb is like moving like jelly. Like he's like bouncing around and he's like, <laughs> it's interesting. Cause he's like able to like express more <laughs> in that way. But it's like kind of off putting at the same time. I was about to say, but totally wrong. At right. The same time. Yeah. I remember there were a couple like animated, uh, movies related it, to star Wars. I grew up with. And one of them was focused on the droids. Yeah. There was a, there was a droids uh, cartoon. Yeah. And the animation was always a little weird. I don't think it was that weird, that, but it was a little well, that uh, That droids cartoon, if I'm thinking of the same one, it was inspired by this. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, so, huh. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and also, like, C-3PO in this one, that's a fun appearance whenever you get to see C-3PO right. again, and interrupting when, the Han and Leia moment. <laughs> when he tells Han, like, oh, you might not recognize me because of my arm, and Han, my arm. <laughs> you know, Han is just like, yeah, I know it's you. Like, I just yeah. don't like you. I, I don't like you, and, and my wife or ex-wife is right here mm-hmm. they never really i realized like established whether or not han or leia actually han and leia actually right. got like married like yeah or if they and just... if they did get married did they get a divorce or are they just yeah. like separated yeah it's so i that and i mean like that 
level of like leave a little bit of detail to the imagination mm-hmm. is such a perfect like Star Wars touch. You know, yeah. you leave the room for somebody else to tell that story in a book or something. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. I I really like the Han and Leia business. Uh, all their scenes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Ford is unbelievable in this movie. He's like, so good. I don't know how he is so good too. Cause I think he's totally fried his brain on drugs. And every <laughs> time he appears on a talk show, I'm just like, how did you deliver you that performance? <laughs> yeah. It's uh wild. I, <laughs> Harrison, which like explains why. Have you seen the trailers for like the next thing he's going to be? The, the Call, Call of the Wild. Wild. Yes, yeah. I the CGI dog and yeah, yeah. Explains a lot about that. Whenever you bring up the frying your brain on drugs mm-hmm. thing, but it truly he feels like he's like never like left this character, even though you know from all the context we know about him that he has yeah. wanted to be away from but this character for a very he, long time. He fully feels like a grown-up version of the Han Solo we know and love who is full of regret and has gone through it. Um, and yeah, has fallen back into his old pattern of doing things. Um, and yeah, you believe it. Having Han Solo in this movie is such a blessing. Having like Han Solo fulfill the, like Ben Kenobi role of Mm -hmm. the force awakens. So cool. And he named his son Ben. (laughs) Which yeah. is also nice. Uh, ben. Uh, like, literally just that, like, whenever they were like, God, I'm, I'm like, suddenly going, do they not, when do they reveal his name? That his they, name they, re- they reveal his name in the, in the death scene when he calls out it to him. It's right he there. He yells, ben. ben. Yeah. Because before that, oh, Leia and, uh, and Han talk, but it's just like, bring, bring our son home. Yeah. That's all they really say about it. But when he, when he yells out, Ben, yeah. and that, that was another part in the theater where I was like, my heart just like yeah, sank. I was, I was like, to say, because that means you didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I did, of course, at that point, know that his actual name was mm-hmm. Ben. That would have killed me. <laughs> and it did. If I had not known that, that would have killed me in that theater instantly. I remember being uh, just on the edge of my seat in that moment and not really knowing how the scene was going to end, but in my heart, like kind of knowing there's only one knowing. way this can end. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, it, there is no way that this character is going to be like, yeah, you write and be good already. <laughs> you know, like, right, right. There is only one way this is gonna go mm-hmm. and it's such it's such an emotional like such an emotional scene such an emotional performance from both of those actors yeah um i'd like to I see them work together again seriously yeah i would really like that um then again i'd like to see you know adam driver in every movie so it's fine I mean, yeah. <laughs> with every possible person um but they they are just so good and i remember seeing recently some behind the scenes pictures that like of course this is all done on a green screen and i was just going <laughs> i can't imagine the difficulty of needing to perform a scene yeah. original in an all green environment <laughs> i mean that's something a lot of actors from the prequel trilogy kind of attribute their bad performances to is like yeah. we didn't know how to act against blue screen because it was kind of like new at the time um but then like when you're able to have a scene like that and it's on green screen i don't know i don't know if that's an excuse yeah. anymore anyways well yeah because especially because like adam driver didn't do th- do movies of this nature before this this no. was his first huge 
He was in like you know? Lincoln and uh, yeah. Lewin Davis and, I mean, and Girls. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot of hidden green screen in some of those like period movies that yeah. like, we don't necessarily see. But there's no fully green environments, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Which – did George Lucas kind of invent that? The whole like entire <laughs> yes. environment green screen? Yes. That's, <laughs> Definitively, yeah. yeah. That's like Attack of the Clones. Basically. Yeah, that's – I remember their their big feat in that movie was like, I think it was like that. Not a single shot didn't have blue screen technology. <laughs> blue screen, blue screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's uh, and it's rough in those first couple movies. Yeah, you can tell. But he was a freaking he was a pioneer. You know, he he created yeah. the modern movie landscape, and yeah, it ha- he had to make a rough movie that wasn't perfect for future movies to flourish. <laughs> He had to he had to try all that new stuff and and fumble a little bit mm-hmm. to get to the point where we can have Adam Driver absolutely crush mm. it in front of an all green screen like mm. you know room. Um, and uh, yeah, it was all worth it. I think it was. It was. Um, every everything's worth it if it culminates in a Adam Driver. Our our greatest failures can be our greatest uh, teachers. Yes, as they say, yes. the greatest the greatest teacher failure yeah. is. Um, ah, I love this movie. Do you have Do you have any final thoughts? Anything else that you want to bring up that we haven't hit already? Not really. I mean, th- this movie was. I think it still stands as my favorite movie theater experience ever. Mm-hmm. Just going on opening night. Uh, I showed up three hours early because it wasn't assigned seating, and I just wanted to be sure to get like in a good spot. Um, yeah. Snuck some Chick Fil A in and uh, <laughs> ate some chicken nuggets because I was getting hungry. It was uh, me, my um, wife, my brother, and my mom. We all went together, and uh, yeah, my little brother had like literally just binged all of them, and it was such a magical time. I love, I, this, this movie really does have a really warm place in my heart and I love, 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 love it. Yes. That's where I'm at too. I love this movie. I mean, it's of course totally different for me with the situation I was in, but I mean, I, my like experience with this movie was just watching everybody get re-excited about Star Wars. You know, know, like I couldn't see it for a week or two, but I was, working and talking to people and interacting with people. Yeah, it's, and- it's hard to remember the dark ages between episodes three and seven where like star Wars <laughs> yeah. was just over and like there was yeah. ever going to be another star Wars again. And it was just something we'd accepted. And now it's like, we've got the Mandalorian. Uh, we'll get more star Wars shows and we'll get like uh, more movies probably every year until the day I die. Um, <laughs> and then, and then some, um, yeah. It's it's exciting and it's exciting to you know be be <laughs> it's exciting but also more nervous now because of Rise of Skywalker right. and like you know like it's just but ah, overall it's just a very exciting time to be a yeah. Star Wars fan and this movie is why you know <laughs> I mean so if this movie hadn't been so good and so big we might not have the huge Star Wars landscape we're having right now. Yeah. You can go, literally go and visit a Star Wars planet now at Disney World, and uh, that's and that's rules. a special thing. It really it does. Rules. It's so good. I've got this Porg toy here on my desk from Star Wars. <laughs> I've got the Millennium Falcon popcorn bucket from Disneyland. I built you have a lightsaber? I don't have a lightsaber, but I built a droid. Um, I built okay. an, an R okay. unit. Um, 
I yeah. uh, I built a lightsaber. So oh, I have man. that as well as a bunch of other, you know, Galaxy's Edge doodads. I really want to go through the process of building a lightsaber, but I don't want to spend yeah. all the money on the lightsaber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. But then I spent all this money on all this other stuff, so maybe eventually yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. For what it's worth, not to sound like a bougie rich person who could afford it i think it's worth the 200 dollars. it absolutely is because i cried like five times like it sounds like a magical time it's really great yeah it's really special. the droid factory was pretty magical they if, if i was a kid going through that i would have like yeah i would have been uh, yeah losing it losing my, i already was losing my mind but like oh, yeah. you know adults we sort of learn to hold back our emotions and to not express all your excitement all at once and to bottle things up uh for better or worse um yeah but so yeah I, but i on the inside I left that all behind when i walked into galaxy's edge <laughs> i was tearing up and freaking out oh, it's awesome <laughs> i'm hoping to ride the rise of resistance soon um it just yes. opened here at uh disneyland so oh, i'll make my way down there pretty soon yeah good luck <laughs> yeah the lines what will be i hear bad, but. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Ooh, so good. So good. I love Star Wars. Thanks for having me on to talk about Star Wars. This made yes. me happy. I love yes, I love conversations so about Star Wars movies that I love. <laughs> and the, it's uh it's so refreshing. Only Star Wars conversations I've had recently have been about a Star Wars movie I did not love. So <laughs> And we talked about that too, but I mean at the end of the day, this this movie mm-hmm. is great and it makes us love Star Wars even though that other Truly. movie exists. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now I got a big grin on my face thinking about Star Wars right now. I, I yeah. just love this property so much. It's great. So do you have you have anything else you want to plug um, everybody who's listening? Yeah, you can follow me on social media at Chad A. Oliver. It's that on pretty much everything. I mostly use like Twitter and Letterboxd and Instagram. Um, they just released a bite, which is supposed to be like the new Vine, six second looping videos. <laughs> right, so yeah. uh I joined that. I don't know if I'll be posting to that or not. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, the podcast I do with um, Mark, who's been on the show already, and Cody, who's coming up for uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, we host the Best Pictures podcast where we talk about our favorite movies for every year we've been alive and compare it to what the Oscars picked for the best movie of that year. Um, and you can follow that podcast at We Pick Picks, uh, and you can download it on iTunes or anywhere you get podcasts. And it is a it is a great podcast, highly recommended uh, by me. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, me, you can follow me everywhere at uh, Callie Smith ninety two. Uh, you can find my stuff on TFS Talk Film Society. Uh, hopefully, I should have a new Star Wars piece coming up soon. Still working on it. Um, <laughs> I've been teasing that in the last couple episodes, <laughs> but I am still working on it, and it'll be out soon. I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, and thanks for having me. For everybody else at home, may the force be with you.